Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose, regardless of self-doubt and what others think. As your host, I'm your human connector. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to my superhuman network, a network of 20-something-year-olds, as well as a sprinkle of some older ones who have truly enriched my life by sharing tools that have helped them to navigate their 20s in order to get closer to their dreams. These relationships and conversations have had a deep impact on my personal and spiritual life, allowing me to create my very own syllabus. On each episode, one superhuman will share their breakthroughs, aha moments, as well as the resources that have helped them to find peace, knowledge, energy, and success in their 20s. At the end of each episode, a guest speaker will leave you with several syllabus steps and homework to practice and embody in between each month's episode. I challenge you to digest these stories and allow them to help you curate your very own syllabus, whether that's related to career, personal development, spirituality, love, you name it. We're in this process together, working together towards creating a personal syllabus that is unique to our souls. At the end of each month, we will have a new written step direction, and a conscious goal to work on. So when we get to the end of a regardless season, we have seasoned. Alrighty, let's get to work. Hello, welcome, welcome to Regardless. I've never been so excited to get to work and introduce you all to a new human and a new perspective. Regardless, it's very first guest speaker, or what I call a superhuman, <laughs> is a very special friend of mine. This person has truly become one of my closest friends, and I actually just recently met her through work and is now a soul sister. I am talking about Sage Miller, co-founder of Awaken Agency at just 26 years old. I'm going to go into a little bit about Awaken, Sage, if that's okay, babes. Amazing. That'd be great. All right. My version for you is Awaken is a wellness-obsessed influencer and brand management agency. Um, They represent elite yogis, trainers, foodies, nutritionists, mindset coaches, and more. Sage, I cannot express how stoked I am to be celebrating my very first episode with you. And truly just sharing this experience with one of my closest friends and role models. I love you. I love you. Welcome to Regardless. (laughs) What an intro, let me just say. Thank you so much for having me. I'm the concept for this podcast and you having a podcast is so brilliant. Like the fact that it hasn't happened is strange to me. So this is just (laughs) exactly meant to be. And I'm so grateful to be here and so honored to be one of the first guests on your show. It's just so flipping exciting. Um, I love you. And there's just so much that you've shared with me in the couple of months of me just knowing you that it's just so useful. And I want to make mm. sure that I'm sharing that with my peers and my following. I love it. And yeah, should we get into it? 
Let's get into it. I'm so Let's excited. We could talk all day and all week <laughs> and all month. So we'll just see what we can pack into the next 30, I love 40 it. minutes. It was so funny. Sage and I, we had a little like couch moment where we were just talking about our lives and we were like, why didn't we just record our entire <laughs> conversation? Truly. I swear every time we're together, there's something that we uncover, we determine and just one of the most inspiring friends that I really have. So, well, I just have to say, that's why I think the concept for this podcast is so brilliant because so many of my best girlfriends and I just in the last couple of years, navigating our twenties, we will turn to each other and be like, why didn't no one warn us? It was going to be like this. Like it is just a roller coaster and there's so much magic. There's so much exploration. There's so much joy. There's so much fun. And it's kind of like you're taking your first steps out into reality and into the real world. Absolutely. And it could be really hard. And I just think this podcast specifically is going to be so beneficial and just become just like a Bible for so many people, which I think is going to be magical. That is my dream. <laughs> I love it. All right, Seiji. So I just shared a little gist about who you are and what you do. Um, however, I'd really love to hear from you who you actually are. Plot twist. You cannot tell me what you do for work. So explain who you are and without explaining what you do for work. Oh, brilliant. I love that. Um, this is such a great question. And I will just say I am someone who really identifies with my work. So it's a really mm. good challenge for me to have to separate a little bit from my work. Um, because what I do fills me with so much purpose, but it's not who I am. Absolutely. Um, so I would say I am um, an adventurer. I love to just live more life. That was actually one of my 2021 New Year's resolutions was to just say yes to things that allowed me to live mm-hmm. more life. Um, I'm a connector. I love humans. I'm obsessed with psychology, connecting, getting to know humans, understanding them, understanding why we operate the way we do, and just having memories with humans on this planet mm-hmm. is one of my hugest driving motivators. Um, I am... I would say pretty joyful. If you know me, I am always trying <laughs> to see the beauty and the, oh, and the fun. Um, I am very dedicated to my work. Um, I am obsessed with my family and just my, my people are really my world. I am obsessed with all things health and fitness, um, training my body and my mind constantly uh, and just exploring what it looks and feels like to become a tiny bit better every single day and to explore the way that my physical body being more fit impacts my mental well-being and that my mental well-being impacts how my physical Mm -hmm. body feels. So I think I would just say I'm really someone that is obsessed with exploring the human experience with myself and with others. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly why I had Sage Miller as my first (laughs) superhuman guest speaker for all those reasons. Um, And the human connector aspect, I think that's a reason for why we just immediately became just soul sisters because immediately we just love people we have a zest for life and Mm -hmm. that's truly what makes you so special and those qualities it's just it's an interesting way to kind of like reframe what you do for work because these are your talents and these are the qualities that make you you and I always love that question because it really challenges us to step outside of 
just mundane and going to, yeah. you know, yeah, for work, I, I don't know, I'm in corporate sales or tech sales. It's just so, yep. all right, like same with a million other people on this planet. Yep. What makes you unique? Exactly. It's so true. And that's actually something I'm really working on. I think because I'm an entrepreneur and because I'm Mm. so in my craft and in my work, I do love asking people about their work, but I'm trying to veer away from that because sometimes it doesn't tell you anything about them. If you ask someone, what are you passionate about? Or what do you care about? And like, it's such a different conversation. So crazy. All right, girly. Well, you have obviously tons of skill sets to offer, but the one, you know, really aspect that I want to pick your brain on and where I really want to gear this conversation towards is you, the fact that you are an entrepreneur, you've started your own marketing influencer agency and you're only 26 years old yeah. is absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm 24, turning 24 soon, but technically I'm 24, but anyways, it is one of my dreams to really start my own company. And I feel like tons of people in in our twenties, you know, we have a vision or we have a goal, Mm -hmm. you know, by before I'm 30, I want to start my own company. And I feel like the steps from actually having the vision and the goal to actually, you know, putting in the work and taking the steps to making that happen, there just seems to be a huge gap there. And in college, you know, we weren't really ever really taught what kind of steps it takes, you know, on emotional, spiritual, physical, every, every level really to becoming an entrepreneur. And we all know that it takes risk and it's scary as shit and you don't know what's going to happen next. And there's so much unknown and uncertainty, but I mean, you've done it and you've done it successfully. So I'd love to just perhaps start with, maybe if you don't mind telling us a little bit about, you know, your experience in college, maybe you're, you're closing out of college. What did you major in? And really, did you always have a clear mindset and really goal on what it was that you wanted to pursue in terms of your career? Or did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Okay. This is such an amazing question. I have so many thoughts and feelings about this. I love so it. Stop me anytime because I could go on for a <laughs> while. Um, so in college, I studied marketing and psychology and I was really interested in business and kind of curious about just in general, like what the operational side looks like. And I was fascinated by psychology and human beings and the human mind, but I had no idea that I wanted to create my own business. And I actually kind of stumbled into it in a couple of different ways. So after graduating, I wanted to find a corporate job and I landed with an incredible company um, doing Basically, it was a yoga-based company, Mm. and they did global yoga retreats and festivals, Um, and I was going to be their community marketing manager for one of their yoga studios in West Hollywood, and I just remember um, the day that I landed it, I think it was like 22, 21, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've landed my dream job. This is the best day ever. And I just remember so clearly that three months into the job, I walked out to my car and I cried for an hour. Oh my God. And then I walked back in and I just kept going. And I just knew, I just knew that I would never survive in the corporate world. Like it just was not going to work for Mm me. Um, I had this like check in with yourself moment where I was like, okay, Sage, if you can't do like corporate America in a yoga yes. studio, like, it's not going to go well for you. There's no way. No, no way. And 
I think what's so beautiful is I've had amazing roommates, best friends who thrive in a corporate setting. They thrive with a routine, with consistency, mm-hmm. clarity of their income, all these things. Like they crush it and they love it. But for me, I was craving variety. I was craving mm-hmm. uncapped potential. I was craving creativity. And I think I felt really stifled in that I had to be somewhere from nine to five, you know, in the mm-hmm. same office with literally mm-hmm. gray walls on my computer, emailing the whole day um, with no opportunity to really grow substantially in my role or have an impact on my income at the end of the mm-hmm. day. And so that was really the catalyst for me being like, okay, we need to explore different things here. And it led me down a lot of really exciting, interesting paths. So I became a nutrition coach for a while. I started doing event production with Nike. Um, and so really the was, first- Were these other hustles, was this a part of your job at Wonderless? Was this at the same time? Great question. So they kind of started overlapping a little bit because I was exploring okay, what smart. So it was like, you know, after work, I would sort of explore nutrition coaching. What does that look like? Yeah, and which is always so smart because I feel like there's always a safe way to explore other opportunities. So I feel like people get so scared by the fact of, oh my gosh, I hate my current job and I want to quit it. And then I have to find something new immediately. And I feel like yep. there is a safe way to almost practice becoming an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. or even, you know, discover other opportunities by, you know, staying with your corporate job or whatever job you're in that you're unhappy with. And then in your free time, whether that's maybe after work or on the weekends, dedicating some time to really researching, looking what's out there and starting your own side hustles, which is what you were were actually doing when you were working at Wonderlust. It's such a good point, babe, because I think that it can be so overwhelming for people when they're like, okay, maybe I'm not fully happy at my corporate job. Maybe I want to do something on my own. But it's like, what does that transition look like? Mm. And it really is being willing to give up like temporary discomfort for long-term happiness. Like, okay, for the next three to six months, Maybe I'm not going to be out getting dinner with friends every night. Maybe I'm not going to be partying as much on the weekends or whatever it is, but I'm going to create something that's going to give me the freedom to step into the day-to-day life that I'm dreaming of. And it was exactly that. I actually was building my um, nutrition coaching business for about like a year and a half. Wow. Really intensively, weekends, nights, like really intensively. Um, and then I and eventually stepped away from Wanderlust. And then I was, then I stepped into event production with Nike part-time and then my nutrition coaching part-time. And so, but it really, it takes a while. And I think that's one of the huge misconceptions is even with Awaken, you know, we're only 16 months old and we're like, we're just getting rolling. We're just hitting the nail on the head. We're just getting clarity of like exactly who we are and who we want to be and how we want to operate and what the market needs us mm-hmm. to provide. So I think that there's just this kind of misconception that it's a longer period to build well than you might assume. But to your point, it's doable in the pockets Mm -hmm. of our time on my lunch break at night before work. Like it's just, it's constant for a while and you like eat, sleep and breathe it. And I have a good, one of my best friends is doing that right now with a skincare company. She works super full time and then she's spending her evenings, weekends, and mornings right now creating a skincare line. Wow. It's just, it's so special to see. Yeah. Um, And that's really what it takes if you have a full-time job. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it really goes to show that it's something that your friend um, is passionate about. And even, you know, for you, and I'm just curious if you don't mind telling everyone, just so we can kind of get the timeline here down. 
Um, so you left Wonderlust. How old were you? Great question. Okay, so I was there for 18 months. So I was 23 when I left. Okay, still a baby. So yeah, you're in your early 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And wow, that's that's pretty phenomenal stage because you know, you're you're recently out of college and you're kind of taking on these sort of like a two freelance jobs almost. Yeah, exactly. And you know, even like a couple of years ago that was still probably not totally you know, on brand and what was yeah, normal. It's true. Yeah. And even like right now, like it's, it is now becoming kind of normal due to COVID. Right. But exactly. Prior to COVID, I feel like everyone was more on like the corporate train and yeah. it's just, it's really interesting to, to really see that. And you know, what was your experience, you know, taking these freelancing jobs? Like, yeah. how was it emotionally for you? It's, it's such a good question. And I think this is really where people have to decide like what their priorities are and what their values are, mm -hmm. right? Because if your number one value is security, the first few years of being an entrepreneur are going to be really hard. And, you know, this is something we can talk about more, but for me, my financial security and being able to take care of myself and financial and being empowered financially, especially mm -hmm. as a woman is so important to me and is something that I'm really passionate about. Like I was that girl in college that would help all my friends make budgets and like draft out these oh, big Excel wow. spreadsheets for everyone. Like I loved it and I Sage, still love it. You're, you're going to have to help me with that one. Oh, we should my do this actually. Babe, my, my main flaw is budgeting. Oh, I got you. Easy. Okay. This you. is going to be another date. Things. We'll do a financial, we should do a financial episode. Maybe like financially free. Oh, done. Yes. Done. Definitely do that. that would be okay. Amazing. So sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, but it's, it's <laughs> such know. a good point because that was something that really challenged me because I loved, I was investing at a young age. I was, you know, saving my money, had a budget, all these things. And it kind of throws you because suddenly mm -hmm. you don't have that guarantee every two weeks. And um, so I would say the emotions were a roller coaster. Some days I was like, I feel so liberated. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm living my dream life at such a young age. And some days you're like, Ooh, was this a good idea? Am I okay financially? You know, and I still feel that way at times. Like there's still a bit of a roller coaster, not as much now, but it is totally a roller coaster. And I think people say that. I think roller coasters kind of become like a buzzword, like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, it's a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. But it really is the highs are so high and the lows are so low because you are doing something that's pretty different. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we live in LA, so we live in a city of entrepreneurs, but in general, it can still feel isolating at times because there's not as clear of a path or a trajectory often. So not only are you independently sort of like walking on this trail alone, but there's also not really a trail. You know, you're kind no. of just like walking, trying you're to You're pioneering, create. yeah. Yeah, trying to make sense of like where you think there should be a trail and walking in that way and hoping that it kind of starts to make sense. So it is a challenge mentally, which I think is part of the reason that I really love it is because mm. it pushes me mentally. I know that I'm the kind of person where it's actually a lot more detrimental for my mental health to be in a routine that feels mediocre or stagnant or um, unexciting to me. That's a lot worse for my mental health than being pushed and challenged and uncertain. Absolutely. And I think, I think what's interesting is that like, again, I come up, I'm bringing up the point of like safety and I mm -hmm. feel like 
correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were beginning to start Awaken, you were still managing, you know, your freelancing jobs, you know, you were doing event production for Nike. So you still had a stable income. So it wasn't like you were, I'm just going to stop everything and start this. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of had that a little bit of support, you know, coming in from, you know, some of your freelancing jobs. Is that correct? So actually, this is something that is so interesting, a little bit, a little bit okay. to some degree, but what was really interesting, um, this is something I wrote down earlier when you were talking, is that one thing that really can help catapult is, I think to start a business, you have to have a pattern interrupt, right? So mm-hmm. something has to stop your pattern and your flow of doing things the way you've always done it to be that catalyst. And so for myself and for my co-founder, that was actually COVID. So we were both producing events. Um, I was with Nike, she was doing some really cool agency work and everything we were working on got canceled indefinitely. So we oh, sat down day. on this couch behind me. Actually, no I was living in Venice at the time. We sat on this couch and just looked at each other and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do next. And I had this feeling, it was kind of like gnawing at me where nothing quite felt right. Mm. And every, I'm a pretty optimistic person. So usually if I want to try something new, it sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. And I was having this weird experience where everything I could think of, I was like, I could try health coaching. I could do financial advising, everything I was thinking of, there was something in me that was like, no, it needs to be bigger. It needs to be bigger. Wow. And I was really struggling with it for a few weeks because I was like, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? And I came back and I was just having just a heart to heart with my best friend, Shay. Shay, Shay. shout out to have, Shay. We'll have to have <laughs> Shay on here at some point. Will. She will She's be fantastic. Absolutely. A dream boat. Half Another soul sister. Better half. Um, but it was so funny because she just looked me dead in the eyes and she was like, I have been having recurring like visions in my meditations of us creating mm. something together. And I think we're supposed to create a company together. Wow. And it was like, from that day, she was like, take time, think about it. And I was like, no, I'm in like, absolutely. Let's do it. And you and girls, we you were friends. Back. You were close before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Best of friends, but like, we always say you don't even really know someone until you work with them. There's so uh-huh. much more that you figure <laughs> out. So we've become unexplainably close since then, but we're really close when it started. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So that moment on the couch, that mm-hmm. was just your aha moment. Yeah. Exactly. And do you think you could explain, like, how did you go from that couch to actually making the first yeah. move? What was your emotional experience as well as like the steps that you actually took to make that happen because i think where people get stuck is Mm -hmm. where do i start it's also like laziness and it's also fear i know one of my one of my like just drawbacks in life you know even with starting this podcast i was like Mm -hmm. well fuck where do i start Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I, I know what I want to do. I've been writing about it. I've been talking about it. I've been seeing it, envisioning it, manifesting, meditating about it. But yes, how, how do I actually do it? And it's like, I know how to do it, but then it's like my fear saying to myself, like, what if you fail? And I feel yes. like as 20 year olds, because we didn't have a syllabus, we didn't have a course, yes. we weren't really taught this. And maybe you're fortunate to have entrepreneurs in your family who can give you a little bit more support and guidance, but really like what was that experience like for you? And were there any, just if you don't mind just running us through that, that would be really helpful. Absolutely. Um, First off, 
I think everyone has that self-doubt and that fear. Like we both have absolutely had that. And this is not at all to say that you need to have a co-founder, but both Shay and I were pretty clear that we, we wouldn't have built this alone. We had that clarity from day one that it just would have been a little too much for us at our age to build this entirely alone. So I think we both really um, accredit each other to being kind of the reason that we were able to stay in this, which is just so special. But I think that what's also true with that is we can find accountability and support from anyone in our lives. So just a little side tangent on that. This is something that I do every single week, multiple times a week. I lean on my friends for accountability, even if they're not going to do the thing that I need to be held accountable for. Mm -hmm. So down to like, I will text my little sister. If I'm on the fence about going to the gym, let's just say, I will text her and be like, can you text me in an hour and ask me I if I went it. to the gym? <laughs> and it's so simple. But the second she's yeah. like, sure. Then I'm like, okay, well, obviously I'm going. I'm not going to not go now and let her down, yeah. right? And then it's just not a question anymore. So I think that if you're not co-founding something, if you're starting solo, find someone who you can just be like, hey, I'm going to send you five things every Monday. Will you just Sunday, just shoot me a text and say, did you do those five things? Smart. It's so simple. And I think that... I found this a lot with nutrition coaching. A lot of my clients felt like to have someone to help them with accountability, they had to have someone who was on an exact same trajectory as them and had the same set of goals as them. And I've really come to find, and I've been so surprised to find that it doesn't matter at all what that person is doing. If you love them and you care about how they perceive you and you care about staying true to your word, they are all you need to be held accountable. So if I were doing it alone, again, I would literally write down five to 10 things a week, depending on how big they were, shoot them over to a friend Monday and just be like, text me Sunday. Did you do these things? And that alone, just knowing that text is coming from someone that you love and respect and want to stay true to your word to changes everything. Which I love that because I think, you know, I remember talking to you and Shay mm -hmm. and you guys were just explaining how awesome it's been to be working alongside of each other mm -hmm. as best friends. And also just, you know, it's accountability in, in making sure, yeah. you know, let's say if you're in a space of just feeling really down and unmotivated or uncertain and maybe like the fear yeah. mode is coming in, you have Shay to be like, hey mm -hmm. sis. Yeah look at lady, like this is our dream. We're not giving up. And I feel like exactly. for entrepreneurs who are starting their own business alone, that can be really hard because yeah. it's just you. So exactly. if you like find a trusted person, like for me, mm -hmm. it would be like my mom. Yes. Um, and I think what you were saying in terms of like making sure that it's someone that you trust and perhaps like if it was in nutrition yeah. or mm -hmm. someone who was like, also, you know, wanting to start their own business, mm -hmm. maybe it's a goal or a dream that's a little bit more sacred to you and you feel yeah. comfortable sharing it. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think another thing that I wouldn't say we did this wrong, but it definitely just was created more. It was, we were working harder, not smarter, which is something that I need to work on and I have mm. a tendency to do, but um, there's also, there's so many people who have done this. I think that we kind of operate as if we were like the first people to build a company, you know, yeah. and we were really <laughs> just like in the abyss on our own of like, okay, how do we find a legal team? How do we find an accounting team? Should we do an S corp or an LLC? What bank account should we use? Like we really relied on like research and also just kind of paving our own path. But I, th I think especially if you're going to do it alone, like join an entrepreneurial mastermind group or 
find any other one. Toastmasters. On. Exactly. Toastmasters. Yeah. Like find other people who, even if they haven't gone where you want to go yet, they're on the path with you that you can swap ideas with. Cause I think that is just life changing and really helps create uh, it helps you avoid a lot of the paralysis analysis mm. or analysis paralysis. Yeah. That was we, we used to get so stuck in that. We'd be like, should we go with this CRM or that CRM? And then we'd be like, ah, how could we know? And so just really like having someone you can lean on, someone you can talk to, a group you trust is so valuable. I love that, Sage. Really love that. Um, you know, I think, I think community is so important and being around aspiring entrepreneurs and people, you know, in their twenties who just don't kind of want to just do the typical corporate or career route. Like yeah. that's okay. Yeah. And I think like, especially for me, you know, Sage, you and I are so similar. Yeah. Um, so similar. I could not like bless everyone who can work yeah. from a desk mm-hmm. all day long, nine to five. That's not me. Like mm-hmm. I thrive from sitting with people, you know, yeah. learning about their life, you know, education in person mm-hmm. and changing my environment. And I think that's what's so awesome about having your own company and, you know, just learning even from you, just yeah. the way you work and what works best. And, you know, side note, this is kind of going in another direction, but also curious because I know that you started with Wanderlust and you were always kind of in marketing and social media mm-hmm. and event production. How did you know that you wanted to go into the avenue of influencer marketing? Um, just also another side note for everyone listening, Sage and I are both in influencer marketing. So mm-hmm. we're both in this crazy, crazy industry. <laughs> wild, wild west. Crazy. Um, yeah. It's pretty tough, especially being yeah. a female and mm-hmm you know, I think you're kind of dealing with a double sword here, my love, because you are not only an influencer marketing, but you're a woman entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So dealing with all of the shit that comes with social media and comparison and being inundated with influencers and just being a female and body image, everything, as well as the repercussions and experience of being a female entrepreneur. Yeah. So I'd love to just dive in a little bit more about, first of all, what it was that really led you into the direction of influencer marketing Mm -hmm. and kind of your experience as a co-founder, founder of an influencer marketing agency and kind of the double sword experience of social media comparison, being a woman and Mm -hmm. a female entrepreneur. Okay. These are such, such good questions. So The first one's kind of funny. To be honest, we never intended Awaken to be exactly what it is today. So Mm -hmm. when we started it, this was back when COVID had just hit and COVID was going to be, I'm doing air quotes and you can't see me, but it was going to be a two week situation. Oh my gosh. We started Awaken as a health and wellness based event production company, which is crazy, crazy. Um, It was a totally different thing when we first got started. And what was so interesting was obviously COVID dragged on. um, And as it did, we were trying to create different virtual event opportunities and different types of services and offerings that would make sense for the current climate. And what we found was that the number one thing every brand was wanting basically 
in the beginning, Awaken was this pool of incredible health and wellness experts that we mm. wanted to use for events. But every single brand that we were talking to was like, oh, you have this pool of amazing people. Can we send them products to try? Can we partner with them? Can we yes. work with them? And so it was kind of this funny thing where we didn't really want to step into influencer marketing, but we were really realizing that that was what everyone was asking for. And so we had a moment, I remember we were in Shay's car and we were just talking about how it was really just becoming clear to us that we were shifting in this direction that wasn't really mm -hmm. what we had planned to be doing. And we weren't that interested in traditional influencer marketing. Okay. And so we were like, how can we make this something we love and something we want to do every single day and do it a little different? So we landed on two things that have changed the game for us and made it something we really love and believe in. Um, and the first was that we exclusively represent people who are certified in the health and wellness space. So having been in health and wellness for the last eight years, I've seen obviously so much. And yeah. I am just so committed to exclusively working with people who just know their stuff and who walk the walk in the world of wellness. Love and that. who are just like the real deal. You know, their voices are authority. They practice what they preach. Exactly. And they're Thank knowledgeable. You. Yes. And they're knowledgeable yes. in their niche. So they have the ability to influence safely right? Mm. They're not just like winging it, telling you to try this, try that, try this, but they're really knowledgeable in their field and they can make really educated recommendations that are going to positively impact people. Mm. So that was the one thing in terms, and that's like our criteria for everyone that we represent. And then on the brand side, we decided we exclusively wanted to work with brands who were positively impacting their consumers' lives. So Love. obviously this could kind of be interpreted a lot of different ways, but Basically, we're reading ingredient labels. We're trying to understand sustainability efforts. We're trying to find brands who are really positively impacting people and connecting mm -hmm. them with people who really are knowledgeable in their field and are just the real deal in the world of wellness. So that's kind of how we landed on what we're doing today. Influencer marketing. Mm -hmm, exactly. And, then, and I love, I have to say one note. I mm -hmm. love that you were, you and Shay were both really open to feedback and adjusting to, you know, consumer needs and what brands were wanting. Because I think yeah. a lot of the time we get so stuck or so passionate about a vision, mm -hmm. which is beautiful, but you can still have that vision and it can still come into fruition, but just be yeah. flexible. Yes. And I think flexibility, um, mental flexibility and just being open is really important because we can have some idea and some, some dream, but I think if we're open to just different options of getting to the same goal. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a really great takeaway for all of us to kind of digest. Yeah. And this is, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is something that we really struggled with in the beginning was we, we've always been really reactive to feedback and really open to it, but it's hard to know when someone's giving you amazing feedback and you should pivot your entire company yeah. or if someone's giving you just uneducated or fear-based feedback of like, well, that's going to be hard to do, or, you know, just something that's not really a good reason to change course. And that's something that we've definitely struggled with in the last year is like, how do you know if the feedback you're getting is something that you should like listen to pivot change immediately, or it's irrelevant. Um, and I think that 
to your point, getting really clear on the vision. So we knew we wanted to be in health and wellness. We knew we wanted to positively impact people. But one of the things we realized was that a big part of our vision was having a successful company and living the lifestyle mm. of having a successful company and building a team and all these things. And so we were like, we don't want to just cling to what we want Awaken to be if it's not going to be a successful company. It's not going to be all these things that are clearly what would make it successful. Then it, it's not a good fit for the vision. Mm -hmm. And so we found that the vision actually existed more in the potential of what it could become versus being like hyper attached to the services and products we were providing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the same way kind of you know, we test out applications, it, it changes mm -hmm. and life changes. Um, yeah. Quick question for you. I love what you said about negative versus positive feedback. And I yeah. think this is something that I struggle with is how do we know, how do we differentiate positive versus negative feedback? Mm -hmm. And I think especially for me, like I, I'm so close with my mom and my dad. Yeah. Sometimes where I'm like, sky, <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't text them every day. Maybe, <laughs> like, maybe it. you should like go a week without texting them or a couple of days, give them their space. They've just become, you know, open nesters. And I think like sometimes even with them, like I'll go to them for advice or insight on some job decisions or just other things in my life. And, you know, like it's always great to listen to people. And, and I always say taken feedback in small doses, like, you know, everything with balance. Um, but how do you know what to take in? And especially with such a big dream and project, how do we differentiate that feedback? And it doesn't matter. It's probably your source is a huge aspect, mm -hmm. but what, what is your strategy here? This is such a good question. And I think there are the two things that come to mind immediately is one, exactly like you said, source. Um, this is something that I've really, I learned from an incredible mentor of mine, Ellen Gannis, way early on in my entrepreneurial endeavors is she was like, do not take advice from people who have not gone where you want to go. Right. Wow. So if I want to get into investing, I'm not going to probably want to get feedback from someone who is just tossing money and, you know, broke. Yeah. Right. And so that was the, the first big thing is like, I've really tried to just be such a sponge and have no ego. If it was someone who's been an entrepreneur, someone who has successful businesses, someone who is successful in general in all of their endeavors versus, you know, a really good friend who is really scared at the idea of being an entrepreneur mm. because you get a lot of fear-based feedback when you do things that trigger fear. So yeah. I had so many of my friends be like, oh my gosh, are you so scared? What if this, what if this, what if that? And I was like, ooh, that's not helpful. But when you have millionaire mentors and these incredible people being like, you shouldn't do that, you should do that. I don't think that's going to work. I think that's going to work. It's a different conversation. Absolutely. And you want to receive it differently. And I think mentors is huge. I mean, we don't have time to get into all of that shenanigans, but <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. But mentors, having a diverse range of mentors is huge. Um, we do only have a couple more minutes left, Sage. But I did I kind of just wanted. So I know, crap. This just was like five hours long, but we'll I don't do think more. anyone would ever listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do just want to ask you two more questions to um, to kind of end this. Um, so on each episode, we actually close out with syllabus steps. 
So it's really a time for us to reflect on personal experience from, you know, from the superhuman who's talking, which is Sage Mm -hmm. and just time for us to really learn from you. So, you know, we're really, I'm going to ask you just some of the specific resources or tools that have really helped the guest speaker to become closer to your purpose, to you creating your own company. And, you know, what are the steps that we can really take to start our own company? What are the tools we can practice that will support us in making the best next smart move in our career? Um, So with that being said, Sage, we're going to introduce everyone to syllabus steps. Amazing. Are you ready for these last three questions? I'm so ready. Let's do this, baby. All right. What resource... So this could be a book, a podcast, I don't know, a mentor Mm -hmm. that has really motivated you to get from vision to reality of creating your own company. Brilliant question. And this is actually, I wrote down a few resources before this. And um, I would say number one is, was my mentor. Um, She's still my mentor. She's an absolute incredible woman, Ellen Gannis. Um, But I would say we can have mentors anywhere. We can find mentors anywhere. Check on LinkedIn, you know, check with your parents' friends, check with your friends, reach out to someone that you really respect. People are so willing to help people who are young with a vision, who are hungry. Absolutely. Um, It changed everything for me, working closely with someone, again, who's gone where I want to go. Mm, That's beautiful. That is, that like was my favorite, one of my hugest takeaways here. Um, And I loved the, what we chatted about, you know, negative versus positive feedback source. Mm-hmm. And I think that yes. also relates back to mentorship. Yep. Amazing. Exactly. Exactly. That's Beautiful. the number one recommendation I have. I love. And then just maybe more on like a mental, yes. mental space question, you know, when we're feeling uninspired or unmotivated or really stuck in yes. a place of self-judgment and fear, mm-hmm. what steps can we take to get out of our own way? I love it. I love that podcasts and movement for me. Um, Movement can be a workout. Movement can be going on a walk outside. But I think, again, it's this idea of a pattern interrupt. If we're stuck in a feedback loop of doubt, negativity, something like that, we have to shake it up. And I think that we're so externally focused on the world day to day. Um, We have to get back into our body and focus Mm. on being present in our body and moving and just being there to break that pattern. Thank you for saying that. Movement, people. Mm-hmm. Move your body. I love it. Oh, yeah. Podcasts. Podcast. Can you give me your favorite yeah. podcaster? Absolutely. I have a few. Can I give a few? Give a few, boo. Um, the Tim Ferriss Show is incredible. If you haven't listened to it, he interviews successful people on how they are the way they are. It's love brilliant. Um, he's amazing. If you need just some quick hits of motivation and mindset, it's Emily. She's incredible. Um, she's a incredibly successful female entrepreneur. She does like quick, motivated, inspired mm. podcasts. Um, almost 30. Incredible. It's about life transitions, expansion. Um, to be magnetic is all about manifesting and kind of tapping into your more like spiritual self. Yes. And then Fit Food Junkies, one of my best friends, Emily Eckstein has an incredible podcast on all things health, wellness, mindset, So those are my top five that I wrote down. I love it. And I flipping love you, Sage Miller. (laughs) And just so everyone knows, I'm going to be linking in all the podcasts that Miss Sage has shared with us, as well as Awaken Agency. And Sage Miller, you are a kick-ass 26-year-old woman. 
Thank, Thank you, you from the bottom of my heart for being here and being so, so brave. Special. I love you. And just sharing your career journey with us today. It means, it means the absolute world to me. And Thank you for creating this podcast. Shay and I are already like, we'll be daily listeners. Like whenever <laughs> everything goes live, we will be listening together. So Thank you for creating this and creating uh, the opportunity for people to low, grow and learn and get to know themselves because this is going to be bliss and magic. And I'm when so we can excited. do this together. We have to have each other's back. Like our twenties, it's to. just, it's hard. It's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Part of my French, everyone, it's wild but out here. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sage, I love you. Let's go you. celebrate with an Aperol. Amazing. Just, Let's do it. Love you, girly. Love you. Thank you All for right. having me. Absolutely. Bye, baby. So special. Bye, love. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second Tuesday of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin. Thank you for tuning in to Regardless. Now go kick some ass.